You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I ask you on this day, O merciful God, to reach out your hand and place it upon your servant, that the words that may be spoken are acceptable to you, blessed by you, sent by you so that they can be heard. Lord, as we hear and are recalled to the beginning of the gospel for this day, a crowd gathered. We are gathered, Lord. And you came and you sat in the midst of them and began to give instruction. Lord, sit with us this day. Teach us, Lord. It is in your precious name that we ask for these things in this way. Amen. As most of you know, um, I am a self-employed mason. And with that, I have a lot of colleagues and contemporaries that I speak to, but it's not limited to them. And one of the things that I hear very often because I always ask them, how are you today? All just living the dream. To which I immediately say, how so? That's my way of saying, what do you mean when you say that? Nobody ever answers me. They just say, well, you know. You know. Well, the truth is, I don't know what their dream is or what their implying by saying that. So this morning I would like to present to you two possibilities of what that means. Living the dream. The first one that we will look at is understanding that response in view of the world. How does the world respond living the dream? Well, I have to take this and I have to assemble it from the early stages because I've been that mason for 52 years and for 43 years of it I've been self-employed. So I have an understanding of what they're talking about when they're looking at it from a worldly perspective because what they want to be is successful. So what I believe some of them are saying is attitude. You got to have the right attitude. If you're, gonna, if you're going to live the dream, you have to believe in yourself. You have to go out there. You have to sell work. You want to change your financial picture. You want to go out there and make as much revenue as you possibly can. And even though 
None of them labor under the illusion that everything is just going to go smooth. They know that sadness will come upon them. But one of the ways that they deal with this is because of their focus and their attitude in making large sums of money. When these sadnesses appear in their life, they go out and they take a vacation somewhere because they have the revenue for it. Or they'll go out and they'll buy something to distract them so they don't have to focus on what it is that's making them sad. They become extremely aggressive because they know that in order for them to succeed in that business, they have to go out and get after it. They have to push and claw their way to the front. They cannot be docile and wait by the phone for it to ring. And with that, they also have the tendency of being focused. You know, one of the things that we read in Scripture that that puzzles people when they hear it, it's in Luke chapter 16, and it says this, the sons of the world are often wiser than the sons of light. And, And people say, how can that be? How can that, how can the sons of the world be wiser than the sons of light? The answer is simple, because those of the world They don't get distracted. They are not pulled in different directions. We, as people of God, are pulled in a lot of different directions. It is the MO of the one who opposes our God to get us off balance and to pull us in areas that we don't necessarily are able to focus then on our relationship with God. But they are focused. They're focused on that dream. That nothing distracts them. They think about that growth in business from the time they get up till the time they fall asleep. And when obstacles arise, they just go around them. They don't deal with them. They just take a different route. They won't stop or change because that involves time. If you see something that is an obstacle and you need to remove it, well, that takes time. That gets them off the focus. So the easiest thing to do, you know what the easiest thing to do is, right? Open your wallet and give a dollar. A dollar, money is easier to give than time. And this is how they get around the obstacles in their life. And they become, oh, so centered in themselves. Every thought that they have is on how they can prosper and get better. It doesn't involve, they are so single-minded that it will take whatever it takes to get that peace accomplished. This is how people respond by living the dream. They become very absorbed in their vocation and the prosperity that surrounds them and their household. And when they have to negotiate something, they always negotiate it to their advantage. They always want to make sure that you know, they, they just they got a little bit more. 
I see this sometimes when I hear people talk when they say, yeah, they wanted $7,000, but I talked them down to six. I got the advantage. Or they wanted me to do the job for $7,000, and I said, no, it's cost you eight. Always working towards their advantage. This is what I believe that some people mean when they respond, I'm living the dream. They're focused on these things. And they do things only from a perspective that they find acceptable. That is how their decisions are made. This is what our Lord came to speak against. If you followed what I just shared with you from this worldly perspective on what people living the dream may mean, you'll notice that what I did was I targeted eight of the blessings of the Beatitudes. So we looked at them from a worldly point of view because they want to be successful. But there are other people who, when you ask them the question, how is it going? Living the dream. And they're answering it not from the worldly perspective, but from the spiritual perspective. They're answering it and responding in such a way that Christ has just instructed them on the mountain as he sat with them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You know, when I walk around and I see people, we, were, we had this incident uh, this past Monday. And it took us a while to figure it out. Because this person was clearly poor in spirit, but not from how we understand it. And when we picked up the product and got it into the truck, now we're pretty friendly, my oldest son and I, and we will encounter and engage you. And he got in the truck, he closed the door, he says, wow, that man was not happy. That man was not happy. So he immediately looks at his phone and he says, I think I know why. I think I know why. He had all his cowboy gear on and the cowboys got beat up by the 49ers. <laughs> but we're not in that poor spirit like that because those things are not what we're focused on. It's more about the fact that I hear from people more and more often in this day that, Michael, how long do you think the Lord's going to put up with our nonsense? How long do you think he's going to continue to show his mercy upon? We're living in a world that is spiraling out of control. But see, we who are spiritual living the dream know that there is a conclusion to the gospel of Jesus Christ he wins and even though we may be poor in spirit and we're not excited about all of these games and contests or new cars and things of that nature we may appear poor to them but what we have inside is we're waiting for the kingdom of God to return. And there 
is our blessing. Blessed are you who mourn, for you shall be comforted. Things are going to happen. We are going to be confronted with situations and experiences that are going to bring great sadness to us. But again, because we are not focused on the world, but focused on the Word, the Word of God tells us that we shall be comforted. When we read in the book of Revelation that there is a new heaven and a new earth, there is no more pain, there is no more suffering. The divine intentions that were intended from the very beginning when Adam and Eve were put in the garden and then had to be put out were invited back. So our mourning is temporary. It is not eternal. And therefore, we're living the dream and we can respond to these sadnesses that take place in our life. Blessed are the meek. Our compadres say, no, no, you got to be aggressive. No, we say, but the Lord God claims ownership over all he has fashioned. And we do not aggressively put ourselves forward. We humbly wait for our Lord and God. Because what does it say that the meek get? They inherit the earth. God gives the inheritance because he owns everything. And because we don't aggressively try to tear it out of his hands, he gives us a wonderful gift. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. You know, as our relationship with Jesus Christ grows, and we realize how much sin we have, it doesn't drive us away from Christ. It drives us towards Christ. We hunger more for his word. We thirst for his word. And he fills us and satisfies us. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Living life according to the dream, not of the world, but of the word. We can see this in a variety of ways. We can see this example. I will tell you a story that is how... Mercy can be shared in the most simplest of ways. So we were working on this 1750s farmhouse in Bucks County. And we got finished with our project about 2 o'clock. And the colleagues that were there had a task in front of them. There was this refrigerator sitting on the porch for six months that they had to get into the kitchen. I asked them, you need us to help you. Ah, oh, no, we'll get it. We'll be good. Waited a period of time. I asked them the second time. We're here. We will help you. No, we're good. We're good. 
I asked him the third time, this is your last chance or we're getting in the truck and we're leaving. Do you want us to help you? This refrigerator was a German-made refrigerator. It's a melee. It cost $11,000. It weighed 550 pounds. It was seven foot tall. The old farmhouse door was barely six foot. The walls in this farmhouse are 20 inches thick. And so they said, you know what? Help us move this refrigerator. They thought it was going to be an easy thing. It took us an hour and a half to move it eight feet. Because we had to take this $11,000 appliance and we had to lay it down and then use lifting straps with five people to get this thing inside that narrow door. Once we got it inside the narrow door, there was a breakfast island there that had two inches of granite on the top and all of its supporting legs were wrought iron. It took four people to lift it. They only had three. We moved the island. We had to then move this refrigerator in, then roll it because it was too high to stand up on its side. It had to be on its back to be stood and just missed the ceiling. An hour and a half. And they could not thank us enough because we were able to recognize that they had a need. And we just didn't leave and walk out on them. That is what it's like. It doesn't, mercy can be shown in so many ways. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. When in your center of being... You never think about yourself, but you only think about, Lord God, how do you want me to do this? How do you want me to participate in this? It's not our thoughts that give us direction, but it is our relationship with Almighty God. This is what our Lord is teaching us, how to live the dream according to the Word of God. Stay centered on God. Invite him into every part of your life and ask him how you should proceed. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Just like Christ, sitting in the midst of us, came to bring us peace. To restore us to harmony with God. For the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus restores us to peace. We no longer feel like we have to run. But we come to worship. To hear that word. From our God. And. Blessed. Are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake. For yours is the kingdom of God. Simple story on how sometimes doing right can 
escape us. This story goes back, now my nephew is in his mid-50s. He was 21 or 22 years of old. After work, he was planning to go to uh, the Ag Center in Allentown because they had some type of, you know, disco and beverages and things of that sort. And he comes to work that morning and he says to me, he says, Uncle Mike, he says, this is my day. I said, how so, Wayne? He said, I left college, NACAC. He says, I walk in the parking lot. He says, I found 20 bucks. He said, so I got the money to go out to enjoy myself tonight. I looked at him, I said, don't do that. Take that $20, take it back to the college. Put it in the office and hopefully the owner of that money will come back and get it. No, I'm not doing that. I said, Wayne, I'm telling you, if you do not return that money, it will cost you tenfold. I seen him after the weekend. He looked at me and he said, I come out of the party, someone hit my car. I got the estimates, it can cost me 200 bucks. To this day, my nephew will make the right choice. He will not put that money in his pocket. Even to the point where the stories are told where he walks out of a Home Depot and he, he's doing the math in his mind and he is made aware of the fact that they didn't charge me for something. He takes the bag back in and says, you need to go through this. Why did I make a mistake? Yeah, I think you missed charging me for stuff. And the people look at you like, are you crazy? You could have got this for free. My nephew says, oh no, no, I learned. You make the right choice. So we looked at two different types of people today who may respond to you by saying, I'm living the dream. One is according to the world. One is according to to Christ, the Word of God. They are so completely different. One is trying to be successful. One is trying to be faithful. We are not called as God's people to be successful. We are called to be faithful. And the conclusion is in the ninth beatitude. Blessed are you when they insult you. When they persecute you and they bring all kinds of false charges against you. Because so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see the common thread here? People who live according to the world and want to be successful, they do everything for profit. P-R-O-F-I-T. But we who live according to the word of God, we do everything hopefully to receive the reward of a prophet. P-R-O-P-H-E-T. We're looking for different goals and different end results. So the next time... Someone says to you, I'm living the dream. What's the question? 
How so? According to the world? Or according to the word? Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light.